0: we look forward to one last message from God's word this week. And it's been a privilege to be here. I want to thank you for your kind hospitality and for the good food and uh, the welcome that you have given my wife and I and uh, two children that are here. It's been a true blessing to be here among you. And I hope you all realize the blessing that you have and that we have as Anabaptists that We can go a lot of places in this country and find people that love the Lord. This is not common in this world. This is not common in this country. To be able to travel to another state and find those who welcome you, those who love you, those you can find fellowship with, it's a rare thing. And we dare not let go of that either. One of the um, commandments that's very clear in Scripture to Christians is to be hospitable. And we found you being obedient to that command, and we deeply appreciate the hospitality that you've given us. Music and prophecy. There are eight songs that I picked up out of the book of Revelation, Dwight uh, touched on one there. And we want to go through the songs in this message. The title is, The Music of Heaven. And the music of heaven is beautiful music. I I don't know what that music will be like, but I suspect that there may be songs on this earth that we take with us and sing to the Lamb in heaven. We are redeemed. There is no other person, like Dwight says, that can sing the song of the redeemed if we're truly redeemed. Now there's people that try, but there's something about a heart that is pure. That has that accompaniment that goes along with the liberty that comes with Christ that you just cannot imitate that. You cannot, you cannot uh, produce that without being genuine. The book of Revelation is divided up into a number of easily categorized sections. The first section deals with the letters to the seven churches. Next you see heaven opened in chapter 4. And then you see a number of revealed stages of the wrath of God poured out on sinful man, rebellious man on this earth in what we would call the Great Tribulation. The opening of the seals reveals these judgments. And the Lamb opens the seals. He's the only one that's worthy to do that. There's seven trumpets of judgment. There's seven bowls of judgment. And then there's the restoration of the earth and the reign of Christ. Christ finally the earth is burned up and all that is evil and all that is wicked and all that is unjust are judged and those whose names aren't written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire
1: and that will be quite a
0: song, a different song than we've ever heard, a song of weeping and gnashing of teeth and moaning, the scripture talks about that awful song that is sung only by the damned, we, re- we-, we referred to that this morning. But turn with me to Psalm number, Psalm number one, in Revelation chapter four, and we're going to start with verse two. And this is the praise and worship of the twenty-four elders. Let's just start with number, uh, verse number one. And after this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me. Imagine that. A blast of a trumpet communicating with you or I. It'd be quite a conversation, a one-sided conversation. It said, Come up hither, and I will show you the things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven. And one sat on the throne. You go into Daniel chapter 9 and you see this person, excuse me, Daniel chapter 7, this person sitting on the throne. His name was the Ancient of Days. He had hair as white as snow. And he was he was an, an ancient person, an ancient personage. And it was this same person that sitting on this throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment and they had on their heads crowns of gold. White raiment is significant for the righteousness of the saints. And so I believe that these 24 elders represented the church in heaven, the bride of Christ. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was like a sea of glass, like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind, And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast was like a calf. And the third beast had the face of a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Now, I uh, meant to have an overhead tonight, and I left that file at home. But it was a scene that looked similar to this. That's my rendition of a throne. And around this throne... There were seven spirits, which are sent into all the world. It's debatable which comes first, but but in this ring around the throne, we then have four strange beasts. One was an ox. One was an eagle. Excuse me, they all had the same faces, and they came out. There were four faces on each one of them. The same creatures you see in Ezekiel, that every direction they went was forward. It said, one was like the face of a man. Uh, The fourth face was like a flying eagle, one was like a lion, and the other was like a calf. And these strange creatures are surrounding the throne around these spirits of fire that sit around the one that sits on the throne, which was the Father, the Ancient of Days. And then you have 24 seats, and I'm not going to count those. So you've got this ring of people worshiping the one who's sitting upon the throne. It's a magnificent throne in heaven. They said that Solomon's throne was like no other on Earth, but the throne of God the Father, will far exceed that which Solomon created for himself to sit on. In front of that throne was a sea of glass, a beautiful, beautiful sea of glass of perfectly still water. There was lightnings and thunderings and voices that came out of that throne. And the one seated was like a sardine or a Jasper stone. Those are greens and reds and purples and blues. This rainbow was around the throne in these colors. It was similar, I believe it is, similar to what we would see in the northern lights. This rainbow and this color that was radiating out of the throne. There were four beasts there. You can find them in Ezekiel. There was lightning. You see this same picture in Isaiah 6. There was a beautiful rainbow-like emerald, translucent green, beautiful, beautiful colors radiating out of this throne. And out of this majestic scene came a song that inspired another song. The four creatures, the four beasts with the four faces, gave glory and honor and thanks to the Eternal One, the Ancient One. And they said, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, they rest not day and night saying that. He which is eternal, which was, which is, and which is to come. And in response to the statement by the beast, 24 elders fell on their faces and said, You are worthy. You created for your pleasure. All these things that we see are for your pleasure. And they created. The songs, as I told you of this earth, are emotion-based. Those who of the world sing a song that is based on their feelings But in heaven, the song has a perfect blend of doctrine and emotion. And the song is inspired not by the emotion, but by the doctrine. And when they see the doctrine, and when they see the purity of it, it inspires emotion that follows it. It's the perfect blend. The Song of the Four Beasts, it says that they said, which is amazing. I don't think you find anywhere in the book of Revelation that anyone sings but the saints. Everyone else says That doesn't mean that it isn't some form of music, but it's a different music than what the saints sing. I wondered when the four beasts talk, which mouth do they use? Which side of the head does it come out of? What language do they use in response to sing in whatever ability God has given them to this great king that sits on the throne? These four beasts had six wings about them, full of eyes, And they cannot stop saying, they cannot stop saying the qualities of the one that sit on the throne. That's the first song. The second song is the song of the saints. Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. And they sung a new song saying, "Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals whereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nations. And hast made us kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. So the description here is a lamb standing in the center beside the Father, the Ancient of Days, and they're asking the question, who is worthy to open the book? And the lamb stands and takes the book, and they're rejoicing that someone had the authority to open the book, and that was the Lamb of God. The Lion of Judah hath prevailed. The 24 elders fell down. It says that they carried harps. In verse 8, I think I missed that, yes. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and 20 elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and gold vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. So they're singing and they're using harps. These are the twenty-four elders. These are the ones that are wearing right robes. These were the ones that were redeemed. They're using harps. And they're praising the Son, the Lamb of God, because He prevailed and had the authority to open the book. They also held golden bowls of prayers. Don't ever forget that your prayers are not wasted. They're never wasted. They're stored in heaven. In fact, if you go to another part of Revelation, you see the angel come and taking a censer. He goes up to the altar in heaven and he puts the prayers of the saints in the censer and he takes a handful of it and throws it down in the earth in judgment. It says those are the prayers of the saints. Your prayers are not wasted. And everyone that you pray... God does something with it. It says that they sang a new song. In verse 9, thou art worthy to take the book. They worship this son. What gives the Lord Jesus Christ the authority to open the book with seven seals? He had the authority because he was obedient to his father. He was slain. He gathered a willing remnant who were redeemed by God out of every kindred and tongue and people and nations. He gave them power to become the sons of God through faith in His name. And because He overcame, because He overcame His Father gave Him alone the authority to declare that time shall be no more. The opening of the seals was the beginning of the end. For the Lord Jesus Christ to put down all authority and all kingdoms and all power until he would reign um, he would reign until all things were put under his feet. He had the authority because he was obedient to the Father. And they sang a hymn of praise with harps. They sang about what they valued, they sang their doctrine, they sang about the object of their worship, they sang about their victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. They represent the bride of Christ, the church, and anticipate the glorious day when Jesus Christ comes to reign the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's what they're singing about. Song number three, chapter five, verses 11 to 14. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne. And the beasts, and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands. This is what it says. Saying, with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea and all that, I, that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that lived forever and ever. Imagine that. The whales, the dolphins, the sea turtles. It says everything in the sea, everything under the sea, everything under the earth, everything in the heavens. They all shouted. This song of praise to the eternal one and the four beasts said amen and the 24 others fell on their faces. The question has often been asked and debated, do angels sing? And I know there are songs about angels singing. There's one that I in particular really like. I referred to the verse in Job 38 um, where it talked about the morning stars shouting together upon the creation of the earth when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of god shouted for joy sons of god in the scriptures often refer to angels the sons of god presented themselves before the lord and satan came also among them in the book of job yet in a few other translations we find language that is perhaps more consistent with the scriptures when it comes to angels singing um I find it interesting in Brenton's Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament by the Jews in Alexander, Egypt, uh, when they were taken down there in exile. Um, It says this in that translation, When the stars were made, all my angels praised me with a loud voice. I find that consistent with the rest of the Scriptures. We are not angels, nor will we ever be. The redeemed sing a song, the angels Say things. They shout things. They do things different than we do. They are created different. It's also increasingly understood that uh, by some that stars have and make stellar music of their own. And it's entirely possible that angels cannot sing in the same way that humans sing, but they can make music of their own in the way that God created them. And they certainly cannot sing the song of redemption like we will sing. We take this passage and put it in alongside of the Septuagint translation. We have no other record in the scriptures that angels can sing. We also could consider that the sons of God, as stated in the scripture, may be one of God's other creatures that we know nothing or little about. It would appear that the four beasts that are around the throne here are not angels but they're called beasts. They're another creature. And perhaps it was them that shouted for joy. We're not sure. If there ever was a time that angels would have sang if they could have, it would have been at the birth of Jesus. Yet it says that they praised God and said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace be to, to men. The music of heaven's creatures, whatever it sounds like, is likely different than anything that we have ever heard. Though I have little doubt that it exists in some form. It is the redeemed that God has given a unique song to that heaven's creatures will never be able to sing or even imitate. And it's interesting that whatever, wherever a redeemed mortal has gone and it successfully has spread the gospel, redemption has lifted those men and their cultures to a higher level of civilization. It's changed the world. Wherever the gospel has gone, and found root and found seed and found willing hearts to receive it, civilization has advanced. It also restored their ability to sing. You know how the tribes of the jungle sing. They don't sing like we do. They do not have a redeemed song. They sing, a lot of them, the song of Satan, the song of the damned. But when the gospel goes into those places, they learn to sing. Sin has caused men to lose their song. Even nature itself cannot sing. It groans in bondage of decay, waiting for the adoption of sons. Romans 8 tells us this. That is the redemption of our bodies. The sound of the wind howls in a minor pitch and reflects the sadness of a world that is entrenched in the bondage of sin. Did you ever think about it? The sound of the wind is not a redeeming sound. It's a sound of mourning. It's a sound of crying. It's a sound of bondage, longing to be redeemed with the redemption of our bodies. Think about it. What does the world's music consist of? Rock and roll, the blues, the jazz. Country westerns whining complaint about what happened to them. And the, the sound goes right along with the complaining. I lost my wife. I lost my dog. I like it. And it never comes back. There's even a song that goes like that now. Country music's lonely howl reveals the disappointments of a world without God. When sin entered into the Garden of Eden, man lost his song. And he regains his ability to sing when he's redeemed. And that's what you see in the book of Revelation. Those who have regained their song, they're singing with a pure heart to the Lamb who died for them and saved them and pulled them from the bondage of the world. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 12, the angels long to look into the things that we experience, but they cannot understand. They will always fall short because they themselves will never and can never experience salvation. They will never be able to sing our song. And we will never be able to sing theirs. The, stand, the, the, the Bible tells us the angels will stand back in wonder for eternity. To hear the song of the wonderful sound of salvation. And never completely understand it. But they wish they could. Song number 4, Revelation 7. Verses 9 to 11. By the way, 10,000 times 10,000. You know how much that is? 100 million
1: plus thousands of thousands
0: of angels shouting praise to god and to the lamb revelation 7 9 after this i beheld a a great multitude which no one could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the lamb before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God. Notice some things about this burst of praise from multiple groups of people in heaven. They were human beings in numbers which no man could count. They were from every tribe and every nation, from every kindred and from every tongue. And they stood before the Lamb with white robes and palms in their hands. And they were crying in a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God. Who were they? They were those who came out of great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white. They recognized that this salvation that was offered them was worth dying for. They were willing to be chased over this whole earth and persecuted and maintain their allegiance to the Lamb. That is a true act of worship. They washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. They realized this earth was temporal. They realized this earth was going to end. They realized there was something out there in eternity that was worth embracing and dying for. There was another group listening and responded to this song of this group with a burst of praise. It was the angels who stood around the throne in their place amongst the 24 elders and the beasts that fell on their faces and said, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Their song came out of their experience. For they are those who are saved in the great tribulation during the breaking of the seven seals. Perhaps the angels understood something unique about this situation. For they are the ones who are set to minister to those who are heirs of salvation in the time of Jacob's trouble. It is the faces of these angels that do always behold the face of the Father which is in heaven, who perhaps played a role in the spiritual protection of these little ones who endured a great fire of affliction in the great tribulation and helped to preserve those who are washed in the blood of the Lamb. These who would preserve, those who were saved, those who the angels had protected, had a song. And the angels gave a hearty amen to it. Song or praise, a song or praise and worship number five, the song of 144,000. Revelation chapter seven, verse one. And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, nor the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Who were they? They were Jewish people. In chapter 14, verse 1, they stood on Mount Zion with the Lamb. They had their father's name written in their forehead in chapter 14, verse 1. They were not defiled with women in chapter 14, verse 4. They followed the Lamb wherever He went. They were redeemed from the earth among men as firstfruits. They had no guile in their mouth. They were without fault before the throne of God. They will be honored separately and above the rest of the redeemed. They sung a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. It was this great group of people, 12,000 from every tribe of Israel, that followed Christ and experienced his sufferings. It is potentially true that they were the servants and the prophet spoke so often about in the book of Revelation. If this is true, these are men who are dedicated to spreading the gospel to the people of the earth in the time of great tribulation, and they will experience persecution like none other and martyrdom, and their reward will be awesome. Malachi speaks of the day that will burn like an oven, and asks that question Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap, and he will purify the sons of Levi that they might offer an offering in righteousness. And God purified tremendously this group of 144,000. They were the sons of Levi. This is the fulfillment of the prophecy in the book of Malachi. Zechariah 12.10 says this, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon his inhabitants of Jerusalem in the spirit of grace and of supplication, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. I believe the result of the cleansing of the sons of Levi, those 144,000 men, the powerful preaching, I'll back up, the powerful preaching of these 144,000 men will result in a repentance that is so deep. And a mourning that repent—that that, that produces a repentance so deep that those who killed the Lord Jesus Christ, the descendants of those who killed the Lord Jesus Christ, will turn to him in such loyalty that they themselves will die for the ones that they slew and hung on a tree. They will follow the Lamb wherever He goes. And they will speak the Word as He would speak it. They would be so focused on their mission that it have nothing to do with women. They had a song that they sang. That new song could be learned by no man except those 144,000. Why? Because the experience of following the Lamb and teaching and preaching His Gospel was unique to them. No man ever has or will ever know the experience that those people go through in history. These faithful Jewish prophets will endure such persecution like was never seen in the history of this world. Nothing will distract them. Nothing will deter them from their mission. They will learn a song that you and I will never be able to sing. Or anyone else for that matter. We are not given the words to this song. But it does say that there was a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters. In chapter 14, verse 1. As the voice of great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping on their harps. Song and praise and worship number 6, Revelation 11. Verses 15 to 18. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign for ever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God in their heart, on their seats, fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art in west and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power, and hast reigned, and the nations were angry, and thy wrath has come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that thou shouldst give reward unto him, unto thy servants, the prophets. And to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, then should destroy them which destroy the earth. This song was either stated or sung by 24 elders. The context is in the judgment of the God of all the earth. My friends, there's coming a day when it will be revealed to all of God's children, his true children, the depths of the awful reality of what was said in First John we know that this whole world lieth in wickedness. Someday, all of God's children will become aware of that. And when you catch a glimpse of that awful wickedness, you will understand why it is that the saints are commanded to rejoice over the fall of Babylon, that great city. It is utterly despicable what men will do at the height of unfeigned selfishness. There's a coming of day... That you too rejoice that Almighty God has taken to Himself that great power and has reigned. May the Lord come quickly in His time to destroy them who destroy the earth. It will be a wonderful day and all of God's children will sing and rejoice on that day. The Epsteins, the Clintons, the Gates, the Rockefellers, the Masons, the Fauci's, the Hitlers, the Maoists... The Kim Jong-uns, the Putins, will someday stand before God and He will judge those who destroyed the earth, those who with unfeigned selfishness destroyed this world for their own glory, for their own power. They took advantage of the young. They took advantage of the weak. They took advantage of the helpless for illicit personal pleasure for the purpose of gaining filthy lucre. They will meet the righteous judge to which they will bend the knee and declare Him to be Lord of all. And you and I will sing a tremendous song on that day of victory. It is these that must weep and howl for their miseries that will come upon them. It is these who are corrupted by their riches and their riches are corrupted. It is these whose gold and silver is cankered and the rest of them will be a goodness against them on the last day. It is these who have heaped up treasure for the last days. It is these who have kept back by fraud the hire of the laborers. Their cries have reached forth to the God of Sabaoth, the army of the Lord.
1: They lived in pleasure on the
0: earth, and they were wanton. They condemned the just, and the just did not resist them. It is this that God will use to refine his people and produce a harvest of precious fruit. Be patient, therefore, brethren, in the coming of the Lord." After this song, you see again the 24 elders fell upon their faces and worshipped the God who would give reward to his servants, the prophets, and to the saints that feared his name both small and great. It would be a tremendous song to have heard that John heard. Song number 7 and song number 8. Chapter 15. Verses 1 to 3. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them had gotten victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. The song of the Lamb saying, Great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. That song of Moses that they sang with Miriam, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider hath he thrown into the sea. It's repeated again in the book of Revelation, and God's people are singing it. They see the victory that comes through Jesus Christ, and they're singing tremendous song about it. Chapter 19, verses 1 to 6. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in saying, Hallelujah. You know what's interesting? Jehovah was the name of the God in the Old Testament. You don't hear anything about Jehovah until it comes to chapter 19 in the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. Praise to Jehovah. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again he said, Hallelujah. They said, said Hallelujah. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen. Hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye servants, and ye that fear Him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, and the voice of mighty thundering, saying, "Hallelujah! for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Both of these songs are songs of victory, sung by those who have had victory over the beast and over His image. We are coming to a time in history where we see these things that are predicted, at least showing their face. Someone told me some time ago, he said, I don't know that Antichrist lives on this earth yet, but I can sure see his ears poking up. And I agree with that. We see signs of what the Bible has predicted. Satan today is showing a great counterfeit like he has never shown the earth before. And we must be victorious over Him. We must understand His deception by following the Lamb wherever He goes. Satan has a perfect counterfeit. God has four beasts around His throne. Satan has four beasts come out of the sea in the book of Daniel. We believe in a trinity. Satan has a counterfeit trinity in the book of Revelation as Satan, the beast, and the false prophet. It's a false trinity. We believe in the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. Satan has a beast that has a deadly wound that was healed. A false resurrection. Everything about Satan is a counterfeit of Jesus Christ. God has given His children a song. And if you are redeemed, sing about it. Let your heart accompany that song with a pure heart. There is such a thing as a counterfeit redemption. And it has a song as well. Tonight I challenge you be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you watch. Guard your spiritual diet. Feast on God's Word. Let it permeate your being. Let it have its home in your heart. The Redeem have a song. Sing it. Let your heart provide the accompaniment. Strengthen it. Perfect that song. Guard it. Get used to it because you're to take it to heaven with you. I have a brother in Florida in a civil commitment center. Some of his final words to me often on the phone when I'm ready to hang up. He says, brother, don't let anyone take your crown. And I encourage you tonight, keep your crown. Guard it. Preserve it. Protect it. Follow the Lamb wherever He takes you. Open your hand, open your heart to the King of Kings and let that song flow out of your heart. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this weekend. Thank you for the reminder that we must not let any man take our crown and we must not let any man take our song. May we continue to revel in our salvation. May we continue to experience the victory promised to those who walk in obedience to Christ and give their allegiance to the Lamb and to the Father. May we be part of that group that sings someday around the throne. May we sing that song of victory. May we see the worth of giving our bodies as a living sacrifice on this earth that we might enjoy that victory in heaven someday. Bless these dear people. Protect them, preserve them from evil, keep them from falling that someday you might present them faultless before your Father, our Father which is in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.